What guidance would you offer someone who has recently lost a loved one and is about to face their first holiday season without them? Hmm. Welcome to Think Better Together, a mental health podcast brought to you by MindsConnected.com. Hey there, welcome. You're here, I'm here, made it, ow cool is this? It is such an honor to hang out with you today. Uh, I've been wanting to do this for a long, long time. And as I've done workshops over the years, one of my favorite parts is making some time for people to come and chat with me. And afterwards, people will come and they'll share their questions and their story with me. And there's been so many times that I've thought, man, I wish I had a podcast so I could go deeper on this and then send them the link or, wow, this person's story is so amazing. I wish I could share their story with the world. Well, here it is. This is that space. And here in the near future, I'm going to share some of the most important stories I know personally from my own life, but I'm most excited that I'm going to get to share some of the stories of some of my friends and some of the people in the people helping professions. I just think that there are so many people that have stories that involve lessons or principles or tips and tools. And when we get together, that's when we really experience the power that comes. And that's why we call this Think Better Together because we we can really think better when we share our ideas and share our our stories. So if you want to get the episode guide with all of the resources, you can go to mindsconnected.com slash thinkbettertogether. That's all one word, no spaces or dashes, mindsconnected.com slash thinkbettertogether. This episode is brought to you by our free course, Mental Health 101. This course is designed to help you get out of survive mode. We all get stuck there sometimes, but we don't have to stay. This course will increase your self-awareness and help you self-evaluate for depression, anxiety, and trauma. We're also going to give you tips and tools to improve your overall mental health, plus a framework to navigate your challenges. We want you to know when you or someone you love needs help. Take that step and sign up today at mindsconnected.com slash mental health 101. And even better, send the link to a friend and take the course together. I'll see you there. Today, we're talking about specific questions that people ask about grief throughout the holidays. This is a a list of some that I've gotten that are really good. And I've edited them a little bit to help us as we understand things as clearly as possible. But this conversation is for those who have lost someone and for those who love someone who has lost someone. Let's talk about grief during the holiday season. Uh, Here's a question coming out of the Thanksgiving time where we talk a lot about gratitude. What is that shift like for you thinking about 
a season with a tagline like the most wonderful time of the year and comfort and joy, can grief and gratitude be present at the same time? Hmm. I, I think that's part of what we have to talk about in this conversation is that grief sometimes has to be the thing we experience and process through in order to experience the fullness of gratitude. And, and sometimes the idea that gratitude can only be for what we currently have is not completely accurate because I've walked with people and I've seen them, people experience a hundred percent of gratitude for something or someone that they had. And we have to grieve when we lose something, whether it's our favorite pencil or our favorite person, we need to experience that grief. And to intentionally experience grief is, is what we call mourning. But, but what about gratitude? How can, we, how can we continue on thinking and experiencing gratitude during the holiday season while recognizing that there are a lot of people that were missing somebody or multiple people around their Thanksgiving table. And that's tough. That's tough because, like I said, this is the most wonderful time of the year. This is a time of comfort and joy. And, and I think that we can feel very guilty if we don't feel all of those warm fuzzies around Christmas. But sometimes to get the most out of what we can experience that is valuable here is, is letting ourselves experience that grief, letting ourselves mourn, letting ourselves make a list of the things or the people that we've lost in the past. And then our minds can shift and say, of those things that I lost and those people that I lost, I'm so grateful for the time that I did have with them. And just, that's period. Just that. And then after a moment, we can shift and say, now, for what I have right now, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for who is going to be at the table this Christmas eating that meal. I'm grateful for the people that are not going to be at the table, that are still in my life, the people from work, the people from church or, or different community groups that we have. But make no mistake, we have to get to the place where we can let grief and gratitude exist at the same time. They don't have to cancel each other out. But I do think that sometimes we're pushing ourselves or people could be pushing us to experience the fullness of gratitude and we're not able to until we spend some time grieving. I'm not saying that you have to experience the grief and heal completely. I don't know that people will ever not feel pain when they're talking about their grief or when they're talking about their loved one that passed. But you at least need to acknowledge it so that you can have a chance at experiencing the fullness of gratitude. How has the experience of losing your father 
influenced your understanding and processing of grief? I think from from a young age, I lost a really close friend, Danny. And um, I think I was probably around 15. And that was that was hard. So I did his funeral. So there was there was an early understanding of what it was like to not just see people experience grief, but but um, to feel it myself. And I remember the first Christmas without my friend, and that was hard. And and I knew I knew in watching his family and loving them and seeing how grief can impact people during a season like that. So I think I came into my teenage years and young adulthood and into my professional career knowing that grief was a big deal. And then losing my grandfathers and losing my grandmothers, those were those were significant losses for me as well. But I do say all that to say is that grief was not new to me. But every person brought a unique experience of grief. And my father, for sure, my dad, that was very different. It was unique. It was a different process. I think it was different because he was in my daily life. Um, We were close. Our relationship was the best it had ever been. It was another level that I had never experienced before when, when I lost my dad. And then even that first Christmas in 2021, experiencing that and walking through that process and and seeing seeing his chair seeing his chair at the table and not knowing if if I should avoid that chair if I should sit in that chair should we, you know what what do we do and um and so that I think that's a that was a big part of it what coping strategies have you found most helpful for sure it's been writing being able to not only write out my thoughts and my emotions through the process, but I've also found moments where I felt it appropriate to write uh, therapeutic messages. And a therapeutic message is basically just a message that you can write to someone that you love that has passed. And and you you can you're doing it for the therapeutic reasons. It's not you don't have to go through the theology or the metaphysical side of it or like, hey, are they going to get this letter? Are they reading it right now over your shoulder? Can they see you? Those are a lot of questions. And I've asked those questions to myself and I don't have answers to those things necessarily in a way that I would I would share it. But I held myself back originally from writing therapeutic messages to my dad because I didn't know there was a lot of unanswered questions, but once I got past that and, and even said, look, I'm going to, I'm going to keep on figuring out the answers to these questions over here. But in the meantime, I need to heal and I need to feel free to love my dad completely. I need to feel free to be able to love him and experience um, just the impact of his life and and how beautiful that was to me, to my family, to my sisters and my mom and, 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 um, all of the, the, the extended, my, my brothers-in-laws, like all of us experience it differently, but we, we know, we look at each other and we're like, you, you know, you know, who's not here and you know what we're experiencing. So I, I would say writing, can you share a significant moment 
where you had a shift in your grieving process. For me, it was real when and I felt like I had the permission to let the pain go, to let to let myself heal, to not feel like I needed to hold on to the pain because the pain is what I needed to honor my dad. That I, I needed to feel all of that heaviness in order to honor him to the fullness. And so that was that was significant was to be able to say, okay, I can let this pain go. I can I can experience healing. And it was not a, a um a all at once kind of thing. It wasn't like, okay, I let this pain go and then it goes away. But I started gradually feeling be- feeling better, feeling more like myself again. And and as I was healing, those the percentages of the pain were going down. And I realized that my honor and respect and my miss, my miss level, I still missed my dad 100%. I still honor my dad 100%. I still respected him 100%. So it was in real time that this stayed stable over here. And then the pain was going down. And I welcomed that and said, you know what, I'm, I'm willing to let the pain go. If I can, st- as long as I can still honor him, respect him, love him, miss him completely and not feel like I'm, I'm not allowed to miss him if I don't feel the pain. And, and it really is that when you experience grief like that, there's so much just starts happening inside of your mind and heart that you don't have time to sort it all out. So you, you do feel like if I let this pain go, or if the pain goes down, then maybe I won't, maybe I won't be able to experience all of these good things. What encouragement would you give to others grieving during the holidays? I would say, give yourself permission to enjoy something that your loved one enjoyed. And whether that's like for us, it's, it's music. It's, you know, there's certain songs that my dad loved to dance to. So it's like, if we, if I put a certain song on there, it's not, it's not just the song now, but I'm, I'm playing that intentionally. And it's more like a tribute in and of itself for that song. If I eat enchiladas during this, holiday season it's thinking of him if i eat lasagna there are these things that whether it's music or a movie that we used to watch together uh elf it's a wonderful life white christmas these are these are things that were part of my childhood that i enjoyed and i had to give myself permission to enjoy those things again And instead of making it worse, and and this is not all the time, like I don't think I can, I have to get to the place where I can do this intentionally. But once I'm able to do it intentionally, I, I do feel the benefit of the grief and the gratitude coming together. So let yourself enjoy some of those things that your significant person also enjoyed. Are there specific traditions or memories that have taken on new meaning this year. Maybe I'll broaden that out to just the holiday season. 
since since he passed. Yeah, I think uh, I remember when I was young and my dad would take us to the dollar store and he would let us buy 10 things. And it was like all three of us kids would would get there and he would just set us loose and we would just run around the store and he had the the cart and then we also had the little baskets and we could choose 10 things and we usually we usually had way more than 10 and he would help us talk through it and he would see it and i remember looking at how happy that made him to he, they would get us something else too like something bigger but this was something specific of seeing the joy that was on our faces as we were looking at specific things. And this was something that was such a big deal to him. He loved doing that, like just seeing what we picked. I do something similar to that now. And I like being able to follow the kids around and I have the cart and I see them, you know, talking about, Hey, what about this? And what about that? And just looking at what it is that they pay attention to. How do they talk about it? And, you know, I try and get them hot chocolate and we're, we're going and enjoying that, and it's super fun. How do you plan to honor your father's memory during the holiday season? I mean, I think this is one thing. I think this is just being able to talk about it and share about him and hopefully give other people permission to talk about their loved ones. There are, there are conversations, there are circles where you don't feel welcome. You don't feel welcome to talk about your, your loss. You, you feel like you will rain on the parade or, you know, steal the marshmallows out of somebody's cocoa, so to speak, at least. So it's like, it's the most wonderful time of the year. And if you go talk about losing somebody, then you're going to ruin it for somebody. And that's, that's at least the thoughts that I had to, I had to fight through. So I'm just telling you that there are spaces where you can experience that grace. There are spaces where you can talk about somebody and you can talk about the negative side too. And you can talk about the positive side of like what you, what you loved about them. And you can also talk about, you know, some of the things that were a little harder. Maybe, maybe things weren't, weren't the best they ever were, but there's still, there's still space for that. Maybe there is pain in thinking about the, the loss and in the process that led up to the loss. And I just think that there's space for all of that. There's, there's grace for all of that. I do think that my dad, my dad did that is he, he walked with a lot of people in his life as a pastor and as a, as a human being, he walked with a lot of people and counseled and coached them on, on how to experience that grief. He was just, he was so gracious and open with that. And I I would love for everybody to to experience that. That's, that's something that honors, that honors his memory. But I also think that, that now I get to honor his memory about his memory specifically about who he was. What lessons has your experience of loss taught you both personally and professionally? The personal, I think it's taught me the importance of warmth, like being able to love people and be warm with my words and my demeanor and smile, but almost in a way 
that gives people space to experience tremendous positivity, but also space to experience terrible negativity and and just the the depths of what we can have as human beings. I feel like in going to certain places where it's not focused on warmth, it's more focused on excitement. And you feel like when somebody is up here and they're so excited and they're welcoming you and they're they're just they're way up there and you're over here that that dissonance that difference the delta the number in range that's different there i mean it it, it is a lot it, it is a lot more distant and and i'm not saying you can't be excited what i'm saying is just personally giving people that gift and choosing warmth choosing warmth in my in my demeanor of just like hey i want to be warm here so that if you need to go and experience how cold it is over here then feel free if you need to feel the heat over here of like the excitement then I'm I I can smile over there. I can smile over here with just the tenderness of like, oh man, I'm so glad you're still here. Or, you know, man, that's awesome. I'm so glad that you're excited about that. And professionally, I th- I think that that that's the carryover when I'm when I'm talking about something that I'm doing professionally. The 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 deepest roots of that are coming from who I am personally of how I am I am wired or rewired now to purpose myself to be warm, to be warm. And not just during the holiday season. I think it's, it's so much more important during the holiday season to be warm. But I think it's important all year long. I mean, everything that I'm saying, I think it's all year long. But all the more reason for us to talk about it right now so that we can be more intentional about it. Grief can significantly impact your personal relationships. How has your grief journey affected your personal relationships with family and friends? Well, I think I think early on it was it was a tremendous impact. I feel like there were parts of who I was that died when my dad died. I didn't feel like myself anymore. And I, I, you know, specifically looking at my relationship with my kids, I felt like my kids lost their grampy and in some ways they lost their dad or parts of their dad. And that's what, that's a significant impact. And I, 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 I saw it, I felt it, but I didn't know how to stop it. I didn't, I, so I, I did my best to give them everything I had to give them. I was so much more intentional to love them and to the parts that were left because again that that to put it in extreme words it is like as as I was gone. But but that's not true. I mean, I was still here. I was still loving them. I was still trying to experience joy with them. But th- but there were parts of myself that I could not engage with and uh experience with with the kids and with my wife 
So I, I had to be really focused and intentional on giving them what I had to give them because I knew they were missing out on parts of me that they loved and that they liked that they weren't getting. One of the most beautiful things about the way that at least I experienced these family events now is that we all feel comfortable bringing my dad, their grampy up. Is it it doesn't shift it doesn't shift the the mood of the conversation. It's like we're having fun, we're enjoying something and then we're able to say something about grampy or something about dad. So it just it feels it feels right. I think it would feel harder for us specifically to just act like he never existed and and he's the like the we don't talk about Bruno. Like we don't talk about Grampy because you know that's gonna make everybody sad. I think we we have space to experience the sadness, but we don't feel like we need to to completely shift the mood. The kids can talk about him. There's space for that. I think that in that side it is um it's it's enjoyable. And again, we're feeling the grief and the gratitude at the same time, at least for me. That's what I feel in those moments. What does moving forward look like for you at this stage? The theory that has helped me the most has been the stages from Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. She developed these, these five stages first of grief denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And then later, in collaboration with David Kessler, they developed the sixth stage of finding meaning or meaning. Those stages are are stages that I've experienced on every level, uh, moving through all of those stages. Initially, the denial, the anger was really intense. And so I, I've experienced all of those stages. And I've been blessed to to see those stages and be able to identify this is where I'm at in a particular moment. I, I think that moving forward is is that is is being able to move through the stages and yet kind of slide down sometimes if you need to and release some anger, experience some bargaining and ask your questions, experience some of the the denial sometimes of even like I cannot believe that this happened. You know, I cannot believe that it's been this many months. I cannot believe that this is already our second Christmas or this is our third Christmas. You just, you know, some, some people it's 10 years, like you, you, you can't believe that. And so there are these moments of where it's like, it's cognitive, it's emotional, it's, it's cognitive, it's emotional, it's cognitive, it's emotional. But, but now I really do see myself in that stage of acceptance and meaning more and more and being able to embrace that. And, and like I said, it's, it's not, it's not that I miss my dad less. It's not that I respect him less, honor him less, love him less, but I've allowed myself to experience the healing there of accepting it of on this side of eternity, I will not experience him in the same way. I will not have him in the same way. But moving and experiencing meaning is saying there's a lot of good life left for me. I can still rediscover. And in some ways, I feel 
this is a strong word. I get it. But I feel like those parts of me that died when my dad died have almost resurrected inside of me in these years, in this process. The more that I've experienced acceptance, the more that I've experienced meaning, I find it easier to remember things that I liked about my dad and, and, and sometimes intentionally engaging in those things. And then also, I found myself either saying a word like he said it or telling a story like he would tell it. And I'm, I'm just, I'm experiencing these things that are parts of me that were gone that are back and they're not back in the same way. They're back in a different way. And, and even being more willing to talk about him and to recognize the, the impact that he had on my life and, and how much he loved a lot of the things that, that I love, a lot of the people that I love and, and more than anything, the meaning that I have is in, in a lot of deep ways in values that, that align with me, but then getting more specific and granular in, in loving people, loving people fully. I think one of the greatest lessons that he ever taught me was loving everyone and not, not just the people that treated you right and not just the people that were of high position. I mean, you would see him go through restaurants or stores, um, departments, and he would treat everybody with respect. He would talk to the person that was sweeping the floor. He would talk to the person, the, the manager, the cashier. And, and it was with intentionality in some ways. And in other ways, it was just because that's the way that he was. That's, that's, that's the way that he, he handled himself. He wanted to love everybody. He did never want somebody to feel like they didn't deserve as much love or attention or value as, as somebody else did. So I feel challenged by that. I want to live my life in that way. I want to, I, I find meaning in, in loving people like that. I, I mean, it's not, I don't think it comes as naturally to me because I think he lived more in his external reality and I tend to live more in my mind, my mind palace so sometimes I am distracted and I'm, I'm not treating people um, with that attention that he, that he did because he lived out there. He, was, he, he loved finding beauty in, in different things. He loved shopping and seeing what was there and sales, all that stuff. I don't, I don't feel the same way in that. And, and so I, that's, that's part of the point is that I, I gave myself permission to let myself take something that I learned from him and adapt it to who I am and experience it the way that I do. And it is beautiful. It's beautiful to experience that and, and to anticipate that it's not his intention and it wasn't his intention when he was here to force something on me. He gave me full permission to take what he taught me and make it better or make it different and adapt it for who I was and how I was. 
So there's that's that's beautiful to me is that I already felt that. I already knew how to take lessons from him while we were here together so that when he did pass, I'm adapting those those lessons and yes, citing my source, giving him credit for it, but also able to say, yeah, th- and this is different. This is different about me and this was different about him and he was awesome and and I aspire to be awesome too. And I, I just, I love that freedom that I have. What guidance would you offer someone who has recently lost a loved one and is about to face their first holiday season without them? Hmm. I think the first thing that I would say is just, I'm, I'm so, so very sorry for your loss. Um, this is a tough one. And I also want you to know that in some ways it's, it's about learning what you need to experience. It's, it's not going to be the way that it is this year in every subsequent year. Something's going to be the same, but some things are going to be very different. So I would take a lot of the beautiful things that people are going to tell you to do. And I would say you can put those on a shelf because there's if there are people that love you and know you, a lot of times what they're telling you to do is good. It's not, it's not garbage. It's not stuff you need to throw away. There might be some of those things, so feel free to throw those things away. But but a lot of what people are going to tell you are good things that you can put on the shelf and say, I might want to do that someday. I might even do that. Like today, when they give it to you, you might not want to do that, but then you might want to do that on a different day. So I'm just telling you, feel free to put it on the shelf and not take it, not take it as something that you need to do. It's something that you can do if you want to. I would say the only thing that you need to do is get to that place where you can at least give yourself grace to feel it, to feel the loss. And, and you know, as human beings, we, we can feel something and we can, we, it's almost like we can shut it off. There is like the, the, the spout, the spigot, the handle and we can just screw it and prevent the emotional flow. And that's okay. That's okay. Experiencing grief in a healthy way doesn't mean that we just open it and we just let it flow out all the time. You could, but there's a lot of other places you need to be. There's people you need to be with. So I would say just make sure that that's healthy to be able to shut it off and then open it up and that's the that's the wisdom piece of this of i would i'm saying acknowledge it give yourself space don't feel like you need to do everything that people tell you you need to do and and when when you do feel like you can open that up open that up and feel that flow and maybe maybe cry maybe you take one of the things that I suggested of writing a therapeutic letter to your loved one and saying, Merry Christmas. Maybe you're not at the letter place. Maybe it is more about going to the store and picking out a card and just signing it 
And over time, if that if that feels like that helps you express your grief, then then you can you can write more in that card, or you can write an actual letter. Be gracious with yourself, love yourself, take care of yourself, and recognize that it is a learning season. You're going to learn what grief looks like for you, and and so you don't have to have everything figured out. And there's a lot of us that are thinking about people like you that have experienced loss and we're loving you and we're praying for you. Thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe, share, and follow 